the Eagles began a two-week road trip with a victory against the Los Angeles Rams, and they rise to 5-0 on the season after a dominating performance in the second half of the game. Welcome to the Birds Nest Podcast. I'm Joe Donahue. Thank you so much for joining us. The Eagles absolutely dominated that second half of Sunday's game. The Rams were shut out in the final 30 minutes of play. The Eagles dominated the time of possession battle. They held the ball for almost 20 minutes more than the Rams did. The Eagles held the ball for 37 minutes and 55 seconds over the course of the entire game compared to the Rams' 22 minutes and 5 seconds. So this was a huge, huge dominating performance by the Eagles, especially in that second half. During the first half of the game, the teams were pretty even. The Eagles were able to benefit statistically from an extra possession in the first half. If you actually go back and look at the first half statistics, the first half statistics are pretty even. The Eagles just have an extra little benefit there from a end of the first half drive, which really made a huge difference and really started to right the ship for the Eagles and get them set on the correct path for the second half on this dominating performance in the second half. It was the fastest known multi-play touchdown drive in the last 25 years. Uh, We haven't really had a chance to go back and look at every touchdown drive that the Eagles have had over the last 25 years, but according to multiple Eagles reporters, certainly one of the fastest, if not the fastest, multi-play touchdown drives that anybody remembers. It's took 32 seconds. It took the final 32 seconds of that first half. The Rams had just scored to take the lead 14 to 10, and the Eagles threw a strike to A.J. Brown to get the ball down the field quickly. The Eagles were helped by two major penalties that the Rams committed. One was a horse collar tackle on that A.J. Brown reception and the other was a pass interference penalty that occurred in the end zone against A.J. Brown, which put the ball at the one-yard line and set up the brotherly shove that got the football into the end zone as time expired in the second quarter. This was the key drive to the game. It shifted the momentum squarely in the Eagles' possession, and while there were some questionable moments in the second half, At the end of the day, the Rams never really came back from that, even though they got the ball to start the second half. The teams went shot for shot for the most part in that first half. The Eagles went into halftime ahead by a field goal, but that key 32-second drive silenced the Rams for the rest of the game. Collectively, net yards, the Eagles had 454 net offensive yards to the Rams' 249 net offensive yards. That is a 200-yard difference, more than 200-yard difference. Now, coming out of the locker room in that second half, the Eagles' defense was able to make some key adjustments. In addition to allowing no points in the second half, they forced the Rams to go 1-for-7 on third-down conversions, and they only allowed eight first downs total. The Rams were shut down in the rushing game all day. They only had 54 rushing yards in the game, 
The Rams were definitely better in the passing game. They collected 195 receiving yards over the course of the entire game. The bulk of those were predictably shared by Cooper Cup, who was returning this week from injury, and Puka Nakua. And the Eagles really did a good enough job of handling those threats. The two of them were actually held to less than 190 yards combined. Cup got the majority of those yards. He had 118 on the day compared to Nakua's 71. But the bulk of all that came in the first half. The Eagles were able to get some key pass breakups. They also forced Stafford into some bad overthrows of both players. So any real threat that these guys posed was effectively shut down in the second half. Nakua was targeted six times in the second half. He caught four of them for 37 yards. Cup was non-existent in the third quarter. He only caught two passes for 23 yards in the fourth. The passing game was big, and this was one of the keys that I was looking at coming into this game. And when I saw this and I saw that Cooper Cup was likely going to be in, I was wondering how the Eagles were going to be able to handle both of these threats because Nakua had been great coming into this game. Cup and Nakua were effectively silenced once the second half started, and that made a huge difference because the Rams really just couldn't keep the ball. Jalen Hurts was 25 for 38 on the night in the passing game. He did throw for 303 yards. This is his second consecutive week where he has had more than 300 yards in the passing game. He had one touchdown pass to Dallas Goddard. He also did have a pick on a bad underthrow. He was looking for A.J. Brown, but instead allowed Akello Witherspoon to come away with the football. But on the whole, Hertz was really good. He does have some things he needs to improve on. He's now at four interceptions on the season. But I did see a lot more throwing the ball away this game than I did in previous games, which allowed him to avoid sacks, allowed him to avoid unnecessary losses of yards. And I did see him fight a little bit more for yardage rather than giving himself up. He was a little bit more strategic in some of those decisions. And I'm really excited about that. Those are really good things to see out of your quarterback who is trying to do what he can to deliver wins for his team every week. Hertz was also the leading rusher in the game. He had 15 carries for 72 yards and a touchdown. DeAndre Swift and Kenny Gainwell did pick up the rest of the Eagles' run game. Swift bore the brunt of that. He had 17 carries for 70 yards, while Gainwell had 7 carries for 17 yards. So the Eagles had a pretty good mix within the run game. Jalen Hurts had, by far and away, the bulk of the running opportunities. Hurts may have been the leading rusher in terms of total yardage, but he did a good job of mixing DeAndre Swift and Kenny Gainwell in and getting the load shared, so that way it wasn't all his legs. In the receiving game, Dallas Goddard, tight end. He was going into this game not seeing a ton of action, but he was Hurt's favorite receiver this game. He had the most targets at nine. He caught eight of them for 117 yards on the day. He also had the only passing touchdown on the day for the Eagles. He had some really good blocks in the blocking game, which is a unique part of the tight end role. That allowed Swift to take off and have some standout runs as well. Dallas Goddard talked about whether this would be a jumping point for him in the passing game in the locker room following today's game. 
Um, you know, it all depends on what the defense is going to do to us, who the defense wants to stop, and uh, you know what the game plan looks like going into the week. And uh, it changes every week. Uh, we got a really special offense. We can run the ball. Got great running backs. Got great receivers on the outside. Um, you know, so you just gotta you just gotta be ready for your opportunities when they come because uh, you know it's it's tough not to throw AJ the ball when he's one on one. It's tough not to throw Smitty the ball when he's one on one. AJ Brown was next on the list. He had six catches for 127 yards, and then DeAndre Swift had six catches for 38 yards. Now, I talked about the defense a little bit earlier, but the defense was able to hold Matthew Stafford to 21 for 37 in the passing game. 222 passing yards, two touchdowns. And these two touchdowns, which occurred in the first half, were the Rams' only scores of the game. Stafford was also sacked four times, twice by Jalen Carter, who he saw a lot of action this game in the wake of Fletcher Cox's injury, and twice by Hassan Reddick late in the game at key moments when the Rams were really looking to get down the field, and instead, Matthew Stafford was sacked twice, one of which... There must have been some kind of a block or what have you, but both Carter and Reddick on at least one sack made it look like the offensive line for the Rams had no idea what to do with them. Jalen Carter ran over one of his guys so that it was almost as if there was nobody there. And then Hassan Reddick, late in the game, basically was a free runner to the quarterback. The Eagles delivered eight quarterback hits and had five tackles for a loss over the course of this game. Speaking of sacks, Jalen Hurts was sacked once this game and he was hit twice. And I'm going to give mad props to the Eagles offensive line for this. The Eagles offensive line was without Cam Jurgens this week and will be without him for the next several since he is on the injured reserve due to a foot injury. So his replacement, Sua Opeta, came in and was able to hold down the fort with the rest of the linemen. Opeta was not responsible for the sack. It didn't look like I went back and watched the replay. It didn't look like it was Opeta. looked like it might have been another member of the line, possibly another blocker. But even on that sack play, Hertz had all day back in the pocket, and the sack really just kind of snuck up on him. There was nobody really open. He was trying to do what he could, and it just kind of collapsed very suddenly. So Hertz was really, really a strong beneficiary of a really, really, really solid offensive line. So Opeta coming in seems to be a worthy replacement there. It's one game. We'll see how he does in the next couple of weeks. But on the whole, this has been a stellar offensive line unit. Mad credit to Opeta, mad credit to the rest of the offensive line, mad credit to Jeff Stoutland, the Eagles offensive line coach, for making all that work. Now, as I alluded to, the Eagles do have a few things that they need to work on following this game. One big thing is red zone offense. I alluded to this in our pregame episode that this is going to be something that I was going to be taking a look at. The Eagles were 2-for-6 in the red zone today, and they were 2-for-3 in goal-to-go situations. Now, Nick Sirianni didn't count one of those, and it was really it was that last one, the one where the Eagles were really just trying to get a first down so that way they could run the clock out and send the Rams packing. But instead, they turned the ball over on downs, and the Rams had one last shot that didn't really go anywhere. But even if you 
acknowledge that maybe they weren't going for a score on that drive and you discount that one, that's still not great performance. Coach Sirianni did acknowledge in his postgame press conference a couple of times that the red zone is an area that the team has been challenged on. You always, you know, Howard, I'm going to have to go watch the tape. And, and I, what I can say is I know we were in third and long in that tight field again. Um, and it's just about staying. It's, it's about what we, you know, what we call on first and second down, how we execute it. So it's everything of, of what, what that's going to look like. We're doing a nice job moving the ball up and down the field. Um, and we got to, we got to do a better job on first and second down in that high red zone. I think that's where it's happening a little bit and, and into the low red zone. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'll have to look at the tape, uh, but yeah, we lost, left some points on, on the, on the board today, but, uh, or on the field today, but credit to them too. It's a good defense with, you know, arguably the best player in the NFL over on that other side. Um, and so, you know, sometimes it's them making a play too, you know, so I know we were two of six day, really two of five, because I'll take that last one. You know, we were just trying to, to run out the clock. I, I didn't want to risk a, a blocked field goal. And I thought the only way that they could win that game is if they blocked the field goal, returned it, got an onside kick and did something like that. So that's, that's why I didn't kick a field goal there. Um, so, but, so I wouldn't count that one, but two of five, two of five is not our goal, not our standard. And we got to get better at that. Now, at the end of the day, the red zone offense certainly didn't hurt the Eagles this time, but the Eagles were noticeably worse than the Rams. When the Rams got in sight of the red zone, they were able to punch it in for a touchdown each time. Their second touchdown was a 22-yard pass to Puka Nakua. It wasn't technically inside of the red zone, but it was close enough that I'm going to count that as a part of everything. And then their first touchdown was a pass to Tutu Atwell. So that was definitely inside of the red zone. At the end of the day, though, Jalen Hurts did say it best. A team is judged by the outcomes. And while, yes, we can take some time and we can dive into these statistics, at the end of the day, the team is judged by the outcomes. You know, this is is a result-based business. And so you're judged on what you do and the outcome of what you do. No one really... You know, cares about how you do it. You know, just want to see if you win or you lose or if it works or if it doesn't. And so, you know, however we find a way to do that, however we find a way to do that, um, like I said, whether it's 150 by one guy um, t- toting the ball, if, if it's a guy that has a hot hand in the, in the receiver room, um, whatever it is, you know, the winning is the main thing, you know, and that's, that's probably um, there's nothing, more, there's nothing more important than that. Right now, those outcomes Five straight wins to start the season for the second consecutive season. There's a lot to grow from with this team, but there's a lot to be excited about. The Eagles do have another road game on this stretch. They head to MetLife Stadium for the first time this season. They will take on the New York Jets under the leadership of quarterback Zach Wilson. The Eagles will hope to pull ahead to 6-0. So. Let me know what you think about this Eagles team in the comments below. What has you excited about this Eagles victory? What has you concerned? Let me know. And thank you so much to everybody for tuning in to the Bird's Nest podcast. You can support the Bird's Nest podcast by liking and subscribing to Bird's Nest Media right here on YouTube and by sharing to your social media pages. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify. Please visit birdsnestmedia.com for additional Eagles coverage 
And if you feel so inclined to support more endeavors like this one, you can find the link to our Patreon either in the description below or at birdsnestmedia.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and let's go, Eagles!